Earlier this year, when time came to decide what topics we were going to talk about for summer services, two things were on my mind. And so I popped up with a title and a subject and then had to figure out what I was going to say about those subjects. Uh, the first subject was Peoria history and some of the ways the church has been a part of it as we lead up to the 175th anniversary. The second was the movie that I was really looking forward to at that time, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Now, what do those two things have in common? Well, I'll get to that, but first I have to talk about Guardians of the Galaxy because both of those movies are real favorites of mine. At the end of the first movie, when our heroes have saved the galaxy, as the title implies, they're leaving the planet Xandar, and they are being given a send-off by space policeman Denarian Day, and told they have a complete pardon for any crimes in their pasts. The sentient raccoon on the team has a question. Question, what if I see something that I want to take, and it belongs to someone else? You'll be arrested, the space policeman tells him. But what if I want it more than the person who has it? The raccoon then asks. Still illegal, Denarian Day replies. One of their friends senses that the raccoon isn't really getting the concept and leads him off, only to have another member of the Guardians take up the debate. What if someone does something irksome and I decide to remove his spine? That's, that's actually murder, one of the worst crimes of all. Also illegal, the space policeman tells him. The only reply he gets from that is a sort of hmph sound that shows a thought of, well, imagine that. So let's recap. Thanks to the Guardians of the Galaxy, we now have two movies about a group of space thieves and space killers that are among the most popular films of all time. People take children to these movies. The cute little dancing tree that everyone loves in the second movie was wiping out as many people as a tank a mere half hour before he was reincarnated as his little baby version in the first movie. And the Guardians of the Galaxy movies aren't exceptions to the rule. We have plenty of movies about bad people doing bad things, and we love them. So, if we look at movies about bad people doing bad things, you can break those into two categories right off the bat. First category, we're going to put all movies about bad people who do bad things for bad reasons. True crime movies. Movies like The Godfather and Scarface. Movies that feature true anti-heroes. Those aren't really favorites of mine. I like main characters I can get a little bit behind. And I worry about people who get into them a little too much, like Norman Bates is, should be no one's movie hero. Because if you ever noticed the way those movies end, their point is this. If you do bad things, your things are probably going to end pretty tragically for you. Occasionally you'll see a movie where that doesn't happen and they're trying to make a statement about how just evil the world is, but usually bad people doing bad things for bad reasons have very, very bad ends in the movies. And that's something we like to see, a world that makes karmic sense. You put bad out there, bad comes back to you. The second category of movies about bad people doing bad things is the one that inspired me to talk about that today. Bad people doing bad things for good reasons. We have the Robin Hood sorts, 
those who steal from the rich. No real harm done in stealing from people who already have more than they will already need. Give it to the poor, keep it for yourself. It may be against the law, but there's a level of wealth that it almost seems like it should be considered fair game to steal from. It's very hard to see a multi-billionaire losing a painting worth more than 10 years of a working man's wages as something any of us should feel very badly about. But what about the other crimes, murder, brutality? When do those things become acceptable in a story? Well, there's vengeance. Vengeance is a sort of guilty pleasure in movie themes. Nothing that somebody should be doing, nothing we want to see people do, but it kind of maintains that karmic balance. Somebody has already done something bad, and bad things the hero might do are just taking karma into their own hands. And we do like karma. The topper for doing bad things in a movie, though, like Guardians of the Galaxy, is when there's no other way to stop a crime like mass genocide. And there's some, or some other far worse crime than anything that these guardians are going to do to stop it. It's really the basic self-defense argument that could be made in court. If someone is trying to wipe out all life on Earth or all life in the galaxy, anything you do to stop it is definitely self-defense. But surely, surely we could tell ourselves stories where bad things are stopped by legal and moral processes, if we wanted to. So why is it that our entertainments feature so many stories that make a hero of bad people doing bad things in bad ways? If you look at, take a step back from movies and look at like Peoria history, for example, Peoria in the 1930s while prohibition and bootlegging were still a thing, there was a local businessman named Clyde Garrison. And Clyde Garrison was afraid that Al Capone's gang was going to come and try and take over his business. He was a buddy of the mayor's, and he surely had the police on his side, but Al Capone's gang, that seemed like something he needed a little extra help with. So he got in touch with the Shelton brothers in Southern Illinois, who were gangsters as well. But they weren't Chicago gangsters. So he brought the Shelton brothers in to move in and protect his little Peoria business which wasn't that reputable, but it was still a business. And the Shelton brothers did protect Peoria's interests, Peoria interests from Al Capone's mob for many years. Until the Shelton brothers decided to take charge of Clyde Garrison's business interests and start running them for themselves. And a lot of bad things happened before Peoria finally cleaned itself up from bad guys doing bad things for what initially could have been seen as a good reason. In at least one light, both Al Capone and the Shelton brothers were sort of heroic bad guys like we see in movies. They both rose to prominence, rebelling against what so many felt was an unjust government taking away a chunk of their freedom at the time. Yes, I mean, this was prohibition, and we all know that, you know, the old demon booze has its downsides. It's murder on your liver, people do all sorts of wrong things when they're drunk, it basically lowers your ability to perform whatever you're actually put on this earth to do, except maybe socialize. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's just one of those, it's easy to see it as a bad thing. People die of drinking, abuse happens because of drinking, lives are ruined. It's, 
Very easy to go. Drinking is obviously a bad thing. We should outlaw it. Some of us could do that without a second thought. Not a fan myself, and if alcohol didn't exist, I don't think I would even notice. But should I get to decide what's best for everyone else? No. We're firm believers in the democratic process here in America and here at the UU Church. Democracy is the closest we come to letting everyone have their say. But even it can screw things up badly sometimes. And I'm talking about the prohibitions here for the moment. Because even in a democracy, sometimes people who think they know what's best for us can go just a little too far. They get all wrapped up in the feeling of moral high ground and go for imposing their will on other people a little more than they should have. And when that happens, it might become time for a little rebellion. Prohibition was a time for rebellion. It may not have resulted in a government coup, but we can see the beginning of a rebellion taking place. In any rebellion, the first people to cross the line and fight an oppressive government are always the people who were already on the other side of that line. Smugglers, black marketeers. When you're already a criminal, working against what you feel is an unjust regime is just another workday for you. So when rebellion comes, suddenly you're on the forefront of the movement to free people from tyranny. In real life, bad guys can suddenly seem to be good guys. Or maybe they're still bad guys, but they're starting to get more good guys coming over to their side and learning their tricks. And good guys do become bad guys when people in power don't like what they're doing. Things get very confusing at the beginning of a rebellion. Well, some folks thought our newly elected leader past year was going to be a tyrant. And it's just possible that the fact that he isn't by now is just due to sheer incompetence. <laughs> he, he had a lot of ideas on the way people should live, where they should be allowed to travel, and who should get medical care. Well, I'm not really sure if he had any ideas on that last part, but still, same effect. In contemplating the potential for tyranny this year, it was a time that it was easy to think about space pirates like the Guardians of the Galaxy or bootleggers like Al Capone and the Shelton Brothers and wonder at what point our government might become so problematic that criminal behavior might be a positive thing to consider. When we saw hooded men in Ku Klux Klan robes getting excited about the new president, when we saw fans of Adolf Hitler's philosophy start to go public as the country's leadership changed, it was easy to envision a worst-case scenario coming down the pike. The potential for bad, bad things seemed pretty high. But I'll tell you a lesson that I've learned from many, different, many decades of employment in different jobs, and that is when things really, really get tough, Deadlines have to be met, impossible things have to be accomplished. You know what happens when things are at their worst? And this is actually something that I actually enjoy about things getting to where they're at their worst. Every proper procedure that's been set for doing things, every rule of normal work life, every that's the way we do things here, all of that goes out the window when getting a particular job done matters above all else. There's just a freedom there. Suddenly it's like we're in ultimate crisis mode. 
it's the time we all kind of become criminals in a little way. When breaking of rules is a skill you need, it doesn't matter what the purpose is. It could be to save the universe, it could be to stop tyranny, or it could just be to get some beer from Texarkana to a party in Atlanta. <laughs> and yes, if that sounds a little familiar, I'm referring to the movie Smokey and the Bandit. <laughs> when some jobs have to be done, you need, as Liam, a Liam Neeson character once said, a particular set of skills. Movies are just chock full of rule breakers and law breakers who have to stand up to the authorities so often to take the moral high ground. And those people taking the moral high ground, it's like they just want to make life better for us, whether we like it or not. But that isn't always what we really want. We love movies about those folks who rebel because they keep the spirit alive in us during those times we don't have reason to rebel. They remind us that the day would come when we need to rise up against oppression, when we have to make a stand. And there's, there's been a lot of people doing that lately. We've had seen people, you know, protesters in wheelchairs making a stand as they rolled into governmental offices to protest health care. People showing up at airports in mass with lawyers to try and help people come into this country. We've seen a lot of that in, in real life these days. And it's because we're kind of in a time when you almost don't need movies to show what happens when you put yourself in a position where authorities might drag you away if necessary. There's even, supposedly, a crackdown starting on high government leakers who have been passing information to the press about the highest office in the land. Technically, some might consider that to be a crime, and it certainly probably is, even high treason. But like the bootleggers in the time of Prohibition, this might be a time when a few criminals might help lead the rebellion to stop some official injustices. Injustices that we hope will eventually be stopped, just like Prohibition. Because there's always going to be somebody out there who thinks they can make the human race a little better by holding humanity's reins just a little too tightly. They could be conservatives trying to keep things from changing for the better. They could be liberals trying to overcorrect for some past wrong. Nobody is right all the time, and everybody can fall prey to overly righteous fervor for a cause. So sometimes we need the white hats, and sometimes, yes, we also need black hats. So, to wind up this little presentation and celebrate all the colors of hats that we occasionally need to wear to keep society running, 